This week on the Throncast, Leia gets the upper hand on the Nogri, Mara reveals her past as the Emperor's hand, and she and Luke arrive in Hilliard City. Watch out for poisonous plants. It's time for the Throncast. Governor Price, these rebels have proven particularly stubborn. How do you intend to solve this problem? I need someone who sees a bigger picture. The Empire is getting better at anticipating our moves. I underestimated the commander. The previous attacks were clumsy. But this one was swift. Precise. To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not simply their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy, art. Grand Admiral Thrawn. Hello, and welcome to the Throncast. I'm your host, Nancy, and today we're discussing chapters 25 through 28 of Heir to the Empire. Joining me on this legendary journey are my co-host, Brian. I'm not dead yet. Matthew. Hi. Amanda. I am also not dead. And Tyler. I don't have a snappy thing to say like Brian or Amy. (laughs) Hi. Who's Amy? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Are you sure you're not dead, Tyler? (laughs) No, I am. No, I wish I was. No. (laughs) After he chided me on Twitter today for a raunchy comment. (laughs) <laughs> this, this is different okay this is completely different i mean if i was chided for raunchy comments on twitter i'd have to shut down my twitter account so. it wasn't even my raunchy comment i was quoting chuck wendig <laughs> that's a that was a good comment though <laughs> right yes. it was i agree with it <laughs> so yes uh welcome everyone back to the Throncast. this is our penultimate discussion episode for the book um we will be finishing the book next week. Holy crap, yeah. we're already there. Yes, almost already there. Um, so before we uh, jump into the discussion, I wanted to uh, bring up a, a f- f- something fun I found on Facebook, which, you know, is kind of an oxymoron. What? Yeah, right? <laughs> so... Uh, Let's talk about our racist aunts and uncles on Facebook. <laughs> so, uh, Timothy Zahn has a Facebook page. If you haven't, you know, checked it out, you can find him Poor there. Master. One of these days, we're going to get the Timothy Zahn on the Twitters. Well, yeah, that this is his only social media that he has is on Facebook. He and when probably he, does it under duress. He doesn't have a website. He doesn't have anything else. Uh, this is this is all it. He's so, probably happier for it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, you think about it. I mean, I assume one of his kids much. runs it. I don't know if he has kids, but if he does, he I does. assume one of them runs it. <laughs> he does. He has a he has a son. Um, I I know his wife posts on it too, but no, he does he does post stuff on it. But um, I think it's a uh a group effort, I guess. <laughs> so um, so he uh Brian Young, who is a Star Wars blogger and author, um, follow he's on Twitter at the uh handle swank motron he uh posted on zon's page last week um with the thrawn's web audio cue and asking i'm wondering what you thought of thrawn's theme music so i saw that and i was you know 
interested to see if Zahn commented. And he actually did uh, respond. And he said, I like it. What I hear is a combination of mystery, introspection, power, and confidence. In other words, Thrawn. Uh, And then discussing the organ, he said... And by bringing the organ in where he does, it feels as if Thrawn has now collected all the information he needs, has prepared his plan, and is executing that plan with full power and confidence. I hear organ music, but with the Phantom of the Opera organ music, but with way less creepy subtext. (laughs) Yeah, when when the organ comes in, that's like the plot thickens. Yes. Yeah. Like every musician that's listening knows what that means. Yes. Um, Uh Oh. So I just thought that was cool. I, I actually um, screen capped it and tweeted it and saying that Brian Young doing the Lord's work. <laughs> so I was I thought it was you know, I thought it was cool that Tim liked that music. And uh, I'm it's so cool that Thrawn has a theme now and not TIE Fighter, <laughs> which, by the way, what? is the music at the end of the show. Oh. Yeah, we, we we use some Roland 32 uh version of the TIE Fighter briefing music at the end of the show. (laughs) I've learned about Star Wars music in life, like when it is good to play it and when it is not. Um, Always. So for X-Wings is a great song if you're driving on the Autobahn and not so much if you're driving on the Eisenhower interstate where there's a speed limit. Mm, Yes. I think it's always a good time to play March of the Resistance. Pretty much. Yes. Yeah, that one. (laughs) Yeah, this is true. Uh, so I think we should get on to chapter 25 and I think, uh, Brian's just going to mute all of our microphones and we're going to let Amanda take over the show for a while. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm just going to mute, I'm just going to mute our microphones. I'm going to go mix a drink. Uh, I'm going to. Between chapter 25 and 26, I think Amanda and I got this podcast. I mean, the rest of us, we're we're just going to go mix a drink. We're going to sit back, uh, kick back, do some other stuff while you two do the podcast for the rest of the night. Let's do it. So, chapter. Yeah, Leia. We get. Leia uh, has a bad feeling about this. Yeah. So, chapter 25, we are finally back to Kashyyyk. We've been pretty much focused on Merker the past several chapters. Um, But, you know, it's like, oh, yes, that's right. Leia is on Kashyyyk. Let's see what she is doing. And the answer is she's being a badass. (laughs) Well, she's about to be a badass. The answer of what she has been doing is nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And she she talks, she her internal monologue goes over that, right? Like she's become a little complacent. Right. I love like I never I mean, you know, obviously I've read this a bunch of times, but like I never really appreciated sort of the the way that that whole sequence of interior monologue was written before. But it's really like a wonderful description of the way that like routine lulls you into mm-hmm. into a routine, I guess would be <laughs> a bad way to put that. But I uh, like how you came around yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And this I, is her this is her organic expression of her force talent. <laughs> the fact that she's lying awake the night <laughs> that organic organic <laughs> There you go. Like it's it is her natural way of accessing the force is that this is the night she's laying awake in bed thinking hmm I've become a little complacent yeah that this happens yeah and what happens is that the Nogri break in and try to accost her in her bed and she slices the dude in half yeah the don't mess with the princess she will cut you I forgot about <laughs> I forgot about that part um and and what I love I mean I love so many things about Leia in this scene but 
You know, at the beginning of the book, when Luke kills one of the Nogri and he feels kind of bad about it. Yes. Yeah, Leia does not in any way share the <laughs> No, but she's she, like, nope, it's I will also, end you. It's also a different situation because Luke is kind of like facing off against them and they're, you know, the, it, there's a standoff basically and he's yeah, like he has time to consider what's right. about to where Leia's just Leia. like danger danger Luke, danger Luke is the nice one and Leia will end you um, <laughs> and she does and I it's mean it's beautiful. true yeah so so she slices one of the Nogri in half um but then yeah. the other one grabs her in a hold and she's trying to get out um but the the Nogri's too strong and then things get really weird because he backs off, is like sniffing her, and then he <laughs> calls her Malali Rush. Um, she's just kind of like, what the hell just happened? Um, Chewie and Rara rush in, um, and Leia's like, no, don't kill him. Um, because I'm pretty sure that means she's the Highlander. She is the chosen one. <laughs> can only yeah. be one. Yes. I but, really like how Chewie like changes like mid swing yes. from a killing blow to a knock you out blow. Also, can I just say how much I appreciate the description of Wookiees like hairy Imperial walkers? <laughs> that's, that's such a great visual. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and I just like that Leia goes from we need to end these guys to ooh, information. Yeah. Right. Like, that lights up a whole nother hemisphere of her brain. Yeah. And now she is less about murder yeah. and more about ooh, information. Because the like, danger, the da- the immediate danger is past, and she's like, wait, now I'm in- intrigued. I need to find out what you guys are all about. I shall get some more information, then I shall end you. Yes. <laughs> then I'm gonna slice you in half like your friend. Yes. So um so we find out, unfortunately, that Selpor and the other Wookiee was killed in the attack, which is, it's it's kind of sad, and it gives another Leia, layer to Leia's guilt about all of this going on, but she also knows I that mean, Selporin is have the a, one that, like, that Chewie had the big long hug with. I know. It would have a little like, more impact childhood if, friend. if he'd been in more than one scene and <laughs> right. if he you know, said anything at all sure. or, yes, sure, or participated but in, that in the scene, story at all. <laughs> but in the scene, he was hugging Chewbacca. So I that's supposed to give it the gravitas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so Leia, they basically, they said, you know, the Nogri have attacked. They, they set a house on fire and this is all one big distraction to get Leia. So she's like, we need to leave now. We need to get out. But the only way out is under the city. So they basically tie Leia to Chewie. And this is my nightmare, by the way. They <laughs> climb underneath the city. And they're not just climbing on the trees, like, you know, just like- on top. They are under the trees, hanging on with their claws. And Remember all of the layers of death beneath as them. As a person who is terrified of heights, let me tell you, I yeah, do the- not like this scene. Is, is it this? Is it the essential I'm- reader's companion that has the great but horrifying illustration of this? Yes. I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. This is fortunately Leia is not afraid of heights, and it's also pitch damn dark. She can't see a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just like, um, I'm here, and there's Chewie, and yeah, we're good. And then, oh crap, we're not good. Yeah, because Nogri totally saw this coming. They saw it I coming. Mean, she, she's pretty freaked out, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> like as anybody but would. Not be. about the heights as much as like, well, other stuff. 
Yeah, about the heights. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's f- not saying she's having fun. <laughs> not her favorite scene in the book. Especially, cons- <laughs> and, and reminding that she is pregnant. <laughs> so, and even though she's not, you know, super pregnant, she still's not really showing. Uh, it's still got to be a little nerve wracking that you're hanging from a Wookiee. <laughs> and it's like, uh, don't jostle me around, please. Watch, watch the stomach. This, yeah, this well, is one of those moments. I'll be a little she, nauseous. Yeah. This is one of those moments where she's less pregnant than, yeah. than she is. In other Actually, scenes. <laughs> I believe that there is um, one of the annotations from the 20th anniversary edition where um, the editor of the book um, was like, this is one of those scenes where I might have, I, I wish I had put in a note to say, hey, um, remember, Leia's pregnant. Maybe you want to <laughs> flat, you know, have her think about that at this time. <laughs> <laughs> so, She's just like, nope, tie me to the Wookiee. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, Leia realizes that an airspeeder is following them, um, and it's just kind of creeping closer and closer and closer, not shooting because they want her alive, and she's like, okay, how do we get out of this? Uh, and now it's time for fun with physics with Leia Organa. She basically (laughs) turns her lightsaber into a huge ass swinging parabola, that disables the underside of the air that hits the underside of the airspeeder disabling it and i'm thinking you really knew exactly how hard to swing that lightsaber and that rope also you used the force it was the force it was of course it was the force and it's kind of a callback to earlier when she let han slice open the not millennium falcon yes. with it she's like oh i know <laughs> the not millennium falcon Actually, I, I mean, I like the scene because it doesn't like explicitly say that she uses the force because like, you know, if she were a really powerful force user, like she could just like throw the lightsaber and do the same thing. But right. she like she MacGyver's her way out of it by, you know, you know, recognizing her limitations, but, you know, using what she has at hand to, yeah, just like, you know, use use physics to, uh, yeah. to slice it in half. But that's kind of cool. how it's always is with Leia when you see her use the force. When you look back and you watch the original trilogy movies, you see her use the force, but she doesn't know what she's doing. She's yeah. just being yeah. Leia about it. Okay, here's here's the here's the I found the annotation. Said I was then uh, this is Betsy Mitchell Mitchell who is one of the editors for the book um, originally. She said I was pleased during this reread to find very few things I would have edited differently now from the way I did twenty years ago. One exception appears here. It's been a while since we've seen Leia, and obviously some time has passed. Yet there's no mention of her advancing pregnancy. It's odd that I didn't request a sentence or two, especially as I was going through my own first pregnancy at the time and discovering that there is not a moment when that developing child escapes a mother's awareness. Yet Leia doesn't give a thought to her baby bump in this very exciting chapter. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. That's I, I thought that I have, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that that's true. Uh, so, yeah, um, they they disable the airspeeder, get back to the city um, and goes to interrogate the alien. Uh, she learns that his name is Kabarak and that he uh, this his species is called the Nogri uh, and that they served uh, Darth Vader and. Um, and the emperor, and now they serve 
Thrawn as, you know, the, the heir to the Empire, basically. Um, and That's the name of the book. Ah, what? Mm. <laughs> no, one of my favorite moments is in here, too, when she has that realization of, oh, you need me to be a princess right now. Yeah, you may ride. The line is, and she, <laughs> the line is that he was treating her like royalty, and she knew how to behave like royalty. <laughs> yeah, no, her just turning to him and being like, "You may rise," is, I mean, it gives me goosebumps. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, use your princess power. So she is. She wants to learn more about these Nogri. She wants to know what you know, what exactly happened to their world. She doesn't believe that the rebellion would have, you know, destroyed it voluntarily. She knows there's more to the story. So she's like, hey, um, I want to go to your planet because she knows that this is the only way to stop them from coming after her forever. And um, and also her instincts for self-preservation are not always that good. Um, no, I, I, that's kind a theme. Of a risk taker. It's a theme for this family. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. So she basically gets him to agree to meet her um, near Endor at one month's time. And originally, uh, he's supposed to be alone. She's supposed to be alone. So we'll we'll see if that holds true or not. Yeah, we'll see if that's going to fly. <laughs> um, so the main thing... I, I- Oh, I was just going to say, I enjoy the, the sort of verbal tightrope that she has to walk here while, you know, she has to you know, play on the uh, the fact that he respects her because uh, she's Darth Vader's daughter, but also, like, you know, kind of, like, maybe start to insinuate that Darth Vader mm-hmm. might not have been the great guy that uh, that they thought he was. Yes. Right? Oh, Darth Vader was, was he lied to you, but it was because the Emperor lied to him. He, he just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, was, he was just deceived, totally. <laughs> <laughs> he was not an evil bastard at all. So the um, so the Leia, the theme of the chapter is Leia being a boss. Um, There is a passage in here that perfectly explains what character character agency is. Um, And it's as they are crawling underneath (laughs) the city. Uh, It says, and as she bounced along against Chewbacca's torso, Leia realized with mild surprise that while she was still frightened, she was no longer terrified. Perhaps, she decided, with her fate totally in the hands of Wookiees or gray-skinned aliens or the forces, or or perhaps she decided because she was no longer simply a pawn or excess baggage with her fate totally in the hands of Wookiees or gray-skinned aliens or the forces of gravity. She was now at least partially in control of what happened. And this is right before she does the trick with the lightsaber. So I'm like, that's yeah. exactly when she stops, when she starts taking control. And like, yes, that is authors what you need to do with your characters. Put them in bad situations and then let them take control. It's very true to life, too. I yeah. mean, you know, people never feel more helpless than when they're like in between stuff and they can't like make a decision to move things forward mm-hmm. you know even if things are shitty like once they're able to to make a decision and and you know have that control back in their life even if just right. for a moment they they tend to feel a whole lot better yeah this is a woman who was getting rescued from being tortured near to death and almost being executed and couldn't stand by and be rescued for more than a moment she yeah. had to grab hold of the blaster rifle and shoot her own way out 
So it makes sense that she is at her most uncomfortable when she is not capable of action. Yes. Yeah, this is, yeah. She doesn't do well being rescued. Yeah. So um, I like that she introduces herself to Kabarak. <laughs> like, hi, I'm Leia Organisolo. I'm like, he probably knows who you are since he's been sent to kill you. <laughs> you know, that is exactly it's the like, name. Oh, you're Leia Organisolo. We've been meaning to kill Leia Organisola. This is <laughs> so embarrassing. Um, and this is where we get the wonderful title of Lady Vader that follows Leia throughout this trilogy and she is not too keen on it but she'll use it to her advantage because she's a boss yes Leia's a little bit Slytherin (laughs) not a little bit Leia is yeah (laughs) she is is team green yeah (laughs) through and through meanwhile Luke is like Luke Luke has died in the the wool red Gryffindor he's Hufflepuff in him though he's got he's a little Luke is Huffle precious he, he's... You, you show Luke some checkers he's gonna chew on him <laughs> what I mean I mean it, at what it that's, the, that's my impression game, of Hufflepuff like at age 19 Leia is serving in the senate and fighting for the rebellion at age 19 Luke is sitting at home going zoom zoom with his toy starship yes but he didn't have a choice <laughs> literally killing rats for fun listen <laughs> if he had been sent to Alderaan he would have been serving the rebellion, so it's not his fault he got left on the desert planet. I, I will tweet that at Mark Hamill tomorrow. No, don't. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, Amanda, I'll let you give your last final thoughts of this chapter because I'm sure you have you. It's your favorite. I just Leia springing from her bed and cutting a guy in half like without even having to take a breath in between is is a favorite moment for me. Like she's just so fierce. Yeah. And it's, it's literally, she doesn't have to think about it. She, that is how she connects to the force is that she reacts the way she needs to. Yeah. And this is not, she hasn't been trained a whole lot with that lightsaber, but she knew what to do with it when she needed it. Yep. Yeah. I, I I thought it's, it's funny that Han was, Han was so adamant that she get a lightsaber of her own. And it's like, ah, Chekhov's gun. <laughs> it it, yeah, it, right. it was useful. So chapter 26 is my favorite chapter of the book. It is your favorite chapter. <laughs> I, for one, am really, shocked by this development. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we've spent 25 chapters wondering why the hell Mara Jade hates Luke so much. And now we get to finally find out. Yay! Um, so Luke and Mara are nearing the edge of the forest. She still won't give him back the lightsaber, even though she keeps having to shoot Vornskers off his back. Uh, they get a message from 3PO with Card's suggestion that I mentioned last week, uh, too early. Spoiler alert. That, um, that they switch identities upon leaving the forest to trick the waiting Imperials, because he's... Can we we talk about this for a sec? Yes, go. what is the point of that? Like, other than, like... (laughs) plot wise to give Lucas lightsaber back like what 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 would the point of that be why would that confuse or fool the Imperials well, at if all they think- oh, because the person running away wasn't Luke Skywalker yeah. if it was a redheaded girl yeah if they think Luke <sighs> is the one running away then but the one yeah I don't know. It just seems pretty thin on the ground to me. Well, I mean, I... I yeah, but stormtroopers are dumb. Yes. <laughs> stormtroopers are dumb. 
also, I mean, weak-minded. it being thin on the ground, it, I mean, as, as we will see later on, it doesn't really matter because <laughs> either way, they're, they're kind of screwed. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> um, so Mara, of course, is not cool with this idea. Um, no, she doesn't, she doesn't like the idea. Um, Luke drifts off to sleep while Mara is like, ugh can't believe you're sleeping what the hell's wrong with you <laughs> no my favorite my favorite she's like jedi yeah yeah jedi um <laughs> she uses jedi as like a it's I a slur it. it's a slur it for is. her it's, it's yeah. a terrible insult so um <laughs> she goes about setting up a camp and then another voice grotex uh so a few things for this section is one mara says keep your shirt on which i I'm amused by that. <laughs> You're also vehemently opposed to the concept. <laughs> no, Luke, take your shirt off. Take your shirt off. Um, I also love that reference to once she'd gone six days without sleep. Now she could barely go to without falling apart. And you're like, what the hell were you doing when you went six days without sleep, woman? Meth. The force and meth. meth? Is that what you said? <laughs> This is your is brain. That, this is your brain on the force and meth. Is that what the dark side is? <laughs> meth? Yes, come to the dark side. We have meth cookies. Wow. Um I like the characterization that Luke can is just that, is that the is that the um the episode title this time? No, we have it's Lady Vader and the Emperor's Hand because it's a music group. Oh, I like oh, it. Oh, or, or, well, I mean, that could also be something else, but, um, yes, it's a music group. <laughs> a, a fanfic? I just, I just heard some fem slash happening in your brain. Dirty, right dirty man. <laughs> I mean, pretty much the bulk of Star Wars fem slash from a certain period of time was Leia and Mara, so, yeah. Because, duh. Because, I mean, that's really all there was. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... I really love the characterization that Luke can sleep anywhere because he's a former pilot and that's what they did. They slept when they could and then they woke up and fought the Empire. So good job with that. Tim's on. A plus. Um, and I love that that Mara thinks of it in contempt and not realizing what that's it's it's a positive for him. He wants to be able to sleep because you need sleep. Um, and I <laughs> sleep is good. It, it is when you're fighting people. Um, and no, no, tell me more about how sleep is good and necessary. It, it's right. good. <laughs> I love sleep. Sleep is one of my favorite things in the world. Um, so, and the last line for this section is one of my favorites. Her last thought before the darkness took her was to wish desperately that she'd killed Skywalker when she'd had the chance. <laughs> oh, he's gone. A one-track mind. Girl, you've got you got issues. Um, so next we get a really, really awesome action sequence where Luke saves her from the Vornsker attack, which involves like shadow boxing the Vornsker's head, um, slicing off its tail, using R2 to shock it and grab its tail. Um and breaking R2 in the process. Yeah. It's just a I like the I like that Luke's final strategy is basically to boop it on the nose. Yes. With the <laughs> just boop. like boop. Ro- roll boop. up some newspaper and then just boop. The I do that to my dog. Mara is like, what the hell was that? Yeah. <laughs> I do that to my doing? dog. Bad Vornsker. Bad. Yeah. Naughty. <laughs> so um, 
he based um she he saves her and then she's like oh, what took you so long and then she immediately rolls to her feet and points the blaster back at him and is like put the lightsaber down and luke kind of just is like listen woman Luke's had it. You, <laughs> even, yeah. Even farm boy Luke can only take so he, much. This, this is Luke's version of snapping. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Because he's still precious about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's what still is he very like, much, and I don't know why you dislike me yeah. so much. Moment. I yes. mean, what does he say? It's like oh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. And like that's the extent of like his, you know, explosion of annoyance and rage. But, yes. Like, Yes. It, it, there, it is funny that even Luke is like come to the end of his rope with this woman. Yeah. It's also very funny because if you um jump ten years ahead in the timeline to read the uh Hand of Thrawn books, um there's this, there's a very famous scene in Vision of the Future where Luke snaps and where they're having an argument and Luke snaps. It's a lot harsher of a of a fight at that point in time um even though they're they're actually like friends at that point in time but yeah but she's had 10 years to get on his nerves (laughs) right and you see like how much their relationship has developed that here he's just like i don't know who you are i want to know all about you and but when that happens he's like listen mara stop being such a (laughs) (laughs) bee." so yeah um Deep thoughts about Luke and Mara's relationship. <laughs> no, really, I, I don't believe you. I know, right? So um, she based. Uh, I like her line. I said thanks already. What do you want a medal? <laughs> yeah, what do you want a medal? And my friend um, tweeted that one time with a picture of the Luke and Mara action figures, and um, Mara had the medal, the Yavin medal, <laughs> was holding that one. <laughs> um, so this is where we finally get her confession of who she really is. Um, backstory dump. Backstory time. But it's done really, really well. Oh, um, no, I wasn't complaining. It's, yeah. It's, well, yeah it's my fine. thing here was it felt, when I read these chapters the first time, because um, I usually read it once and go back and, and take notes, it felt really sudden. Mm-hmm. It felt really like, oh, and out of nowhere, she's going to spill everything. But then on further reflection, it has been a couple of days. It's been two days since she slept. She's already complaining about the fact that this lack of sleep is getting to her in a way that lack of sleep has never gotten to her before. And now she is so full of adrenaline from having <laughs> almost died. Yeah. yeah also okay. super hopped up on caffeine pills or whatever yeah. they're called in this universe. Oh. She's so excited. She's so excited. She's so scared. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it is. It is. It does feel a little more natural when you consider all of those aggravating factors right. for her to just spill her guts at that point. Shout out to the five of you who caught the... All right, fine. I'm going to tell you, and this is why you ruined my life, and I'm going to put two behind your ear in a minute. Shout yeah, out to the no, five feels, of you over 20 totally listening organic. to this podcast who caught the Saved by the Bell Everyone reference. Everyone gets a Saved by the Bell reference, Brian. I don't get the Saved by the Bell reference because I'm a young man. Oh, Tyler, we'll send you a gif. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've never seen Saved by the Bell in my life. Okay, you at least need to watch the Hot Sunday episode because it is the best. I don't think I will. We but, have. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, and I mean, stop this ruining is all like, the fun. This is like, you know, apart from like Mar being at the end of the rope, you know, we're getting on towards the end of the book. And this is basically the culmination for us, like of yeah. Mars arc in this book, like figuring out fine. I mean, it's not really an arc, I guess. It's just her hating Luke the whole time. But like <laughs> we've, we've been building line. to this. Right. We finally get to know why. But, but this, 
this um this scene i mean the whole the whole part of them going through the forest and this scene too in particular is very evident of that she's not she's not all that you think like she's not what she appears to be like she is adamant that she hates luke she wants to kill him you know she's going to kill him as soon as she gets the chance yet they're walking through the forest working together she's saving his life um and she could very easily just not kill one of the Vordskers and let them kill Luke. Um, so, like, this this whole scene, like, in Merker is pretty much the basis of, yeah, the whole, like, compulsion she has to kill Luke, it, it's it's not going to happen. Like, there, there's something more oh, to spoilers. her. Oh, spoilers. What? Luke doesn't die? <laughs> no, he doesn't, Matthew. <laughs> shockingly enough but no i mean i i totally agree Nancy, I mean, i've never it, read this series before it's a great <laughs> uh and it's you know without spoiling anything actually like it's a great like basis for for the rest of her arc through yeah. through the next two books yeah so um they she basically like she's like i just want to know like i just want to know what happened to you and he says it like so like he just he like, it's not like, why do you hate me so much? It's like, what happened to you to make you like this? And her <laughs> response is, you happened to me. You came out of a grubby six-rate farm on a ten-rate, tenth-rate planet and destroyed my life. That's pretty harsh about the line. farm. <laughs> six-rate farm on a tenth-rate planet. This scene, harsh. like, the dialogue in the scene, even though it's all backstory dumping, is so good. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. So... You know, basically, it's like she's like, you You have no idea who I am, saying that she was at Jabba's when he was there. He assumes, you know, he thinks she was one of like one of Jabba's dancers or that's what she says. And then he's like, no, yeah. no, you weren't. There's more to that story. Um, and then she finally admits that she was, you know, she served the emperor and she was the emperor's hand. Uh, and that's where we like first get this that name well and, and like, that she like she operated she outside of the command structure yeah it's a big deal because everybody the emperor died but everybody who was surviving still had their job mm -hmm. still their rank they still had whatever importance they held in the empire be it because of proximity to the emperor or because of actual you know something they earned um they still had that except that she didn't exist on paper Mm -hmm. so that's why she, she that's and that's where she is now like she, he's like why didn't you just go back she's like i i where was i gonna go and uh, that that to me is a really important thing for people to comprehend about her character at that point yeah. it's it's not that she lost everything when the empire fell the way everybody else did the way thrawn did the way you know paleon did no she lost everything including her entire everything. identity yeah yeah, yeah everything yeah, someone I, I was reading someone like had just read the series for the first time and they're like, I don't understand why Mara had to work for the Emperor. Like that wasn't really super important. I'm like, uh yes, it was. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you, dude? <laughs> um Did you not read the same book I did? Yeah. And again, not to spoil anything, but it kind of becomes significant later yeah. on down the line. Yeah. It's not just, just it's not just, just a little like, bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Ma and Matthew, what you were saying before that she was at Jabba's to kill him, you know, um, hey, remember that scene from Dagobah 
of um Luke um on the sail barge and some lady grabbing the lightsaber out of the air. Probably Mara. That was Mara. Oh my god. Right. <laughs> oh, and the other thing, my favorite thing Mara says probably in this whole exchange mm-hmm. is about Vader being a traitor verging on treason. Yes. Yeah. That, I mean, that was what I was referring to. I love that, like, you know, Luke's like, you know, Vader wanted to turn me. And she's like, Sonny, no. Like, <laughs> Emperor, Emperor knew what was going on. Yeah, that's precious. And I was Vader there to never have gotten away with it. <laughs> yeah, there's, um, there's a very long annotation in this scene talking about how Mara Jade was created. Um, and he, it started out where he basically wanted to tie in the opening section of Return of the Jedi more closely to the rest of the series. Um, so <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, you know, Han's rescue is important, of course, but it's a little disconnected from the main plot line. No, um, it's not. <laughs> I'm, I mean, what you call the main listen, plot line, Nancy. I mean, yes, I it, it is. is <laughs> I'm reading Timothy Zahn's words. <laughs> Take it up with him. <laughs> Um, also basic screenplay structure yeah. but so he says he goes Stop on to say taking the fun out of everything <laughs> that's what he does Sc- screenplay structure is fun to me <laughs> so the he goes on to say as i mulled it over it occurred to me that after vader's attempt to persuade luke to join him in the empire strikes back the emperor might very well have decided that luke was more liability than potential asset and sent someone to take him out when he turned up at jabba's palace what kind of person might palpatine send it would have to be someone competent naturally it would also have to be someone who can meet luke's jedi power head on Finally, it would have to be someone who was out of the normal chain of command, lest Vader get wind of the plan. From all that came the idea of the Emperor's Hand, a shadowy agent um, under Palpatine's sole command. And from that, ultimately, came Mara Jade. So, yay. And, um, yep, she, Emperor's Hands predates Inquisitors, just FYI. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, um, this chapter is my everything. I love it. (laughs) The end. Except not the end. No, not the end. (laughs) And two more books. (laughs) And then two more books after that. Yeah. But, yes, it's such a good scene. And I'm just, like... I, I read it now and I kind of giggle at how much they hate each other or rather how much Mara hates him and how much Luke is like, but why? Yeah. <laughs> but I just, just doesn't understand. But I just, I'm kind of like, oh, don't fight. Don't fight babies. It's Palpatine's fault. And it is it's Palpatine's it's, fault. He's such well, a jerk. And, it's also the, interesting that in Luke's like interior monologue, like he correct, you know, he doesn't correct her verbally, but like he corrects her like in his head about like him killing the emperor. He's like, yes. well, no, Vader did that. He doesn't say anything about that, about killing Jabba. No. In fact, he actually yeah, makes yeah. reference I, I to think, himself I killing that, Jabba. I think that because he knows why he's there or why she's there and like who she was at this point, it doesn't matter. Like she, she, he knows that it won't really matter to her who facts are not it really was. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, this is yeah. just and although, although it, I, it occurs to me, like as I was saying that, it's possible he thinks he did kill Jabba because he blew up the sail barge, and maybe Leia just never told him that she strangled the, the yeah. slug to death. I mean, he you know? he didn't she, see it, so he doesn't. Yeah. You know, she could have she could have held that held on to that yeah, one. Yeah, because six years later. 
she would never have brought that up <laughs> in casual conversation, not hey, at all. Hey, did I ever tell you about the time I killed Jabba the Hutt? It was really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty thin thread. Yeah. But like, <laughs> yeah. No. It's possible he thinks he killed Jabba. Yeah. But, I like um, the idea of Leia, Leia like being smug like yeah. in the corner. I was like, no, you didn't. No. You didn't. <laughs> and and I enjoy in this scene that the, the UST is so thick that it literally takes Han Solo to recognize it. Yep. Uh, what now? The unrequited sexual tension. Oh. <laughs> yes. I'm telling you, Han. Han knew it was up from from the first moment. Yep. From, from the word go. <laughs> well, it's because you know he spent three years living it. Not <laughs> he was in love with his own wife. So yeah. yeah. Like wait, I've seen this before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Pretty much. Oh, hey, I know that. Wait. I know that argument. You're gonna marry that girl. She's me, and he's wait a minute here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I the the I, the whole thing. Well. Vader was the one who actually killed the Emperor. That comes back later on. So keep that in mind. Uh, So chapter 27, we move back to the Imperials finally. um, And they are testing the cloaking shield. Um, They have another discussion about whether they need Sabiath for this uh, mission. And Thrawn is adamant that they don't need him for communication. They just need careful timing. Uh, and these, the test is successful, even though it doesn't work in the way we think it works, um, which always, every time I read this scene, I'm like, this is so interesting because, you know, the, the whole idea of a cloaking shield as a reader, you're like, it makes ships go invisible, but it turns on and the ship is still there in front of you. So you're like, all right, what's their plan? I want to read ahead to find out. <laughs> Yeah, And I mean, even that like brief moment in Empire Strikes Back, like, you know, of a cloaking shield, like uh, presupposes that the it, you know, does what the cloaking device in Star Trek does is it makes the ship invisible. Right. Um. So like that tells me that like it's not that the the basic function of a cloaking device in the Star Wars universe is is different from Star Trek. Um, it's just that uh, Thrawn is using it in a unique way. Yes. Which which makes me enjoy it even more. Yes. Um. So and I, I really like the mechanics of the cloaking shield that nothing can get in and nothing can get out. Um, yeah. It creates a lot of tension. And this is what I have a problem with some of the new canon in that. Um, I was going to say, I think th- the Clone Wars invalidates yeah. that. <laughs> well, and also Legends, you couldn't send messages while you were in hyperspace. You had to drop out of hyperspace in order to send messages no yeah. there, there by the end at some point they had invented the hyperwave because I, I it's in it's in one of the empire and rebellion books i think it's an honor among thieves but apparently it's really hard to do and it's really expensive mm. and like not everybody has the gear yeah but i mean most mostly in especially in the early days that was you know you could not do that so i yeah. i I hate that they can do that now because I wrote so many fanfics in which they had to jump out, drop out of hyperspace and messages. <laughs> but also, also, hyperspace is like magical yeah, enough. Like it, it would creates, be nice to have like some limitations. Yeah, I like it. I like the limitations, and that's why I like the Ysalamiri, even though a lot of people don't like them because limits are good for characters. Well, see, that's why it was good to have things happen on the Millennium Falcon, because then it could just be broken and you yes. would still have to drop out of hyperspace <laughs> to send a message. Right. Even if they had this brand new Chedok radio, it doesn't mean it's working because it's Han Solo. Yes. 
So this this little this section also brings up the whole idea of why the hell are they working with Sabioth if they don't trust him and don't want to use him all the time <laughs> and they have a discussion about it and I'm kind of in Paleon's corner where I'm just like I don't understand but okay yeah <laughs> I don't get Thrawn's logic here like I he's saying that like either. he's not going to be a threat to them after he has Leia and the twins because he's going to be focused on Leia and the twins so what happens after he turns Leia and the twins to the dark side and as they are his disciples like right. he's just that much more of a threat there's four of them now I think this is in the dark force rising to find out <laughs> <laughs> well it also shows that Thrawn is an arrogant bastard you know yeah. <laughs> like he we you know he he just he's so confident in himself um or maybe he thinks that's gonna be the next guy's problem yeah and I also like he's, gonna, he's gonna do his thing and then he's gonna retire somewhere <laughs> posh and the next guy can- <laughs> worry about the jedi and i mean he probably is super overconfident because of the salamari yes he is um also i'm as i was trying to i was you know pushing rolling that over in my head i was thinking well there's probably reasons he doesn't want Sabioth to be on wayland because they mention it earlier on you know oh, talking yeah. about all the stuff that they're getting out of the mountain they're like Oh, he specifically said, I mean, that's what turned him around on Paleon's idea that, like, you do not want him going back to Wayland. Yeah, so it's like, well, maybe this whole thing is just, I need him gone, so I'll feed into his ego and use him to my advantage while just getting him away from there. And then at some point, I'll blow him out an airlock. Yeah. (laughs) Because the force is good, but it's not good against hard vacuum. (laughs) Well, in the latest episodes of Rebels, it is. (laughs) Excuse me, as Pablo said. (laughs) You can survive survive in hard vacuum for up to 30 seconds. No, but that felt like an eternity while I was watching that. I was like, wow, he should be dead by now. Yeah, 30 seconds on television is a long time. He should be dead like six times over. Did he not see Mission to Mars? Mars with uh, that guy Tim Robbins and Connie Nielsen. <laughs> Come on. Or which James Bond movie was it? I don't know. Moonraker. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the one where they're in space. I was thinking. Of, <laughs> I was thinking of Sunshine. No. But um, but Total Recall also works. Yes. But guys, Although- the next scene is really important because what? it is Wedge. Wedge! Wedge, <laughs> and it's not just Wedge; it's Wedge's point of view, which yeah, just it. happens to show up right at the end of the book, right when they're gearing up towards the big battle. I wonder why. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, I, Zon's like oh, I guess we need Wedge now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I need a pilot. <laughs> I, you need a pilot. We're gonna do this. <laughs> so Wedge is back. He and Rogue Squadron are assigned on escort duty for a cargo ship to these sluice van, uh, which, hey. It's totally beneath Wedge. It's the place that Thrawn wants to attack. Just What? What? Oh, my God. I, I didn't put those two things together. <laughs> but, of course, since Wedge didn't get Thrawn's memo that that's where he's going to attack, Wedge is like, dude, do we have to? Yeah. Really? This blows. What are we? Why? He's like, we escort people, not cargo. <laughs> yeah, he really did. He's like, yeah. 
Um, he basically, he's, he's, a, he's not a above little snotty. He is a little snotty, but when you're Wedge and Tilly's, you can afford to be snotty. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just he doesn't want to do this. It's not going to be any fun. Like I survived both the stars. I want a more interesting assignment. Yes. Also, children, this is the definition of uh, dramatic irony. When Wedge says that the Sluis Van Run will be a, a, a sleepy, uh, a sleepy, relaxing mission. What? When uh, we know that it won't be. What? what? I don't know what you're talking <laughs> little, about. Little writing lesson there for you. Uh, another writing lesson is while this could have just been set up for like, okay, they're going to Sluis Van, we're putting the pieces in- together. He and the the dispatcher guy end up having a conversation about Phalia and Akbar, and he's like, oh, you're one of Akbar's diehards, aren't you? And basically setting up the whole political um, infighting that's gonna come to play later on in the series. So, yeah. Making and, scenes and the, the do double duty. could have been a whole book in and of itself. Yeah. Like, the the politicking that's running in the background yeah. of this whole book. We follow Luke and Mara. We follow Leia. We follow Han. We follow Wedge. We see little glimpses of the political machinations, but that, the intrigue piece of it, we, we get the tip of the iceberg of, but really, that could be a whole book. Yes. The stuff that's running in the background here. Definitely. Um... I... And yeah, you're right. It is like a nice bit of like, I mean, we've said before, Zahn is nothing if not efficient. So yeah, in this scene we get, it's a very short scene. It's like mm-hmm. a page and a half and we get set up for Sluis Van and for political shenanigans. Yeah. So it's it, that good job there. Um, also, a, a little bit of, this is f- called foreshadowing, Matthew. Um, and if <laughs> I the, prefer dramatic irony. <laughs> well, and if the Imperials took a poke at them along the way, well, at least that was a threat he could fight back against. Dun, dun, hey, give dun. Wedge something he can shoot at, and he's much happier than <laughs> a threat that he can't shoot at. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, as a preeminent wedge, man. as a preeminent Wedge fan, you have any thoughts? Hell yeah, Wedge Antilles. <laughs> <laughs> right F yeah Rogue Squadron yeah basically uh, who's Rogue Squadron at this point in time uh, oh how far after um, Jedi are we five years five years, five years. Um, would it be basically the squad we see in Azard's Revenge it's mostly yeah. the squad we see in Isard's Revenge. So you've got Tycho, you've got Wes Jansen, you've got Hobby Clivy, and you've got Corinhorn uh, in area <laughs> Uh, Inari Forge, and then a bunch of filler. Min Min is on here, right? I think Min's back. Uh, yeah, Min Donos, uh, I Aww. believe, is with him at this time. And Gavin. Oh, yes, and Gavin Darklight. Adorable little Gavin. Oh, little Kippy Gavin. Precious. Yeah. So, yeah, um, moving on to Chapter 28. Um, we Luke and Mara are back um, almost ready to emerge from the forest. They, it's the first Luke and Mara team up. It is. Oh. And she gets to rub him down with poison <laughs> ivy. Excuse me. Luke does it himself. <laughs> he and does sorry, it first. Sorry to splash water on. <laughs> <laughs> she does it first and you know she enjoys it. Well, of yes. course she enjoys it. <laughs> like, here, have some poison, Skywalker. It'll be fun. So they they end up doing their swi- role switcheroo thingy. Um, they they try to they they come up with a plan for what they're gonna do, which is basically 
just keep walking straight so we don't seem like we're trying to hide anything. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's a it's a valid plan, you know? Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, they've been out in the forest for however many days, and, like, you know, it makes sense that they would walk towards the sounds of the engines. Yeah, so he, it's it's funny, because, like, they, the Imperials are like, Halt! What are you doing? And Luke's like, oh, I'm so glad I found you! Bob. <laughs> and he, and the Emperor is like, no one has ever been glad to see us, yeah. literally, in <laughs> the history of the Empire. <laughs> So they they um the Imperials take them to Hilliard City, which Luke says reminds him of Moss Eisley because you know have to. Re- Luke's seen three cities in his entire life. <laughs> well, it's true. It's like the only city he's been to. Also, it's mostly <laughs> that it's a way for Timothy Zahn to world build without having to do a lot because he can just say Moss Eisley, and we all know what he's talking about. Um, so um. They, it's a wretched hive of scum and villainy in that Han and Lando are in it. They are <laughs> in it. Um, and, Luke's le- and Luke is like really put off that they are taking him prisoner too. Um, and they like shackle them. And then uh, then Han shows up and the, the, the stormtroopers are like, yeah, we, we found this guy too. And Luke is like, oh no. And then uh, oh Han goes like, together again. What does he say? Oh, oh, I don't have it up. Oh, yeah. He goes, well, Han muttered, falling into step beside Luke. Together again, huh? I wouldn't miss it, Luke muttered back. And I'm like, that's what they said in Return of the Jedi. That's exactly what they said. <laughs> How we doing? Same as always. Yeah. That bad, <laughs> That huh? bad, huh? <laughs> but no, but then when Han's all like, I can just picture him like waving his hands, trick handcuffs. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's I'm like, like, oh yeah, you're cute solo. Yeah. So he is there and then, you know, he um basically insinuates there's a bunch of other people here uh to get you guys out. Um but Luke, the master tactician that he is, is serving the <laughs> scene and realizes, wait a minute, we need to keep them from ambushing because there's there's an arch a freestanding archway and he's like we need to wait until we get there to have you know to have this happen so he ends up knocking over r2 and is like r2 r2 send a message through bio and archer's like because <laughs> that's what you do when you got a droid i'm cutting that out and capping it for later podcasts by the what? way <laughs> My R2 noise. Yes. Sounds like a cat. (laughs) Um, So um, they, um, you know, he says, wait, wait there. And then um, Han is like, uh, I hope you know what you're doing. So do I. He murmured back in a a very few minutes. He knew they would both find out. Drama button right there. Bum, bum, bum. Cliffhanger. So right. I love in this scene that as they're discussing speeder bikes and A, I don't believe that Mara wouldn't know if it's a military model speeder bike or not um, because she knows everything else about the way the Empire runs. <laughs> Maybe it looks I mean, I don't know that she was hanging hers. around the garage or the quartermaster's office. Yeah. <laughs> And maybe yeah, she, but she knows know what like she knows ships. Procedure yeah, is yeah, ships maybe, but low-level hardware, yeah. maybe not. 
But I love that Luke mentions nearly running a speeder bike into a tree on Endor because yeah, he's like, and no, then, this is the kind I crash. And then he yeah. immediately is like, oh, I probably shouldn't have mentioned Endor. <laughs> you know, I really like uh, uh, going back a few chapters, um, which I didn't mention at the time. But like this, this was my first time realizing that like Luke like randomly thinks of Jabba's palace when he's being held prisoner earlier. Yeah. He's like, at least there's no rancor in here. And he's like, why? Did I just think about the Rancor? Like, that's like <laughs> foreshadowing. Like, his, his subconscious is telling him that, like, he saw Mara yeah. at Jabba's palace. And yeah. he doesn't, you know, put it together until... Like, and like I said, I never put that together until this particular read-through. I always thought it was just a weird, like, one of those I've seen the movies reference kind of thing. Yeah. But um, but it was actually a sneaky bit of foreshadowing. I like that. Yeah. So um, there's one of my favorite lines in this section is she glared at him, but it was a reflexive glare without any real argument behind it. Glared <laughs> <laughs> at him on principle because she's just. I like to think that even like you know twenty years into their marriage, she was still just randomly glaring at him just out of just habit. how she looks at him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like oh, he's like glaring at him. He's like, I love you too, honey. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Um, I'm not meaning anything. That's just my face. It's, yes. it's the resting bitch face problem. <laughs> but just exclusively for him. <laughs> yes. Exclusively for him. So there is a annotation in this section. Uh, from the very beginning, it was clear that Luke and Mara worked well together. At least when Mara was willing to cooperate. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Which is so true because like... That's the main takeaway I get from this chapter is like, she hates him. She wants to kill him. But man, they make a really good team. And imagine what they can do if she wasn't wanting to kill him. It's also just a great bit of characterization for Mara because she does not like this plan. She does not want to go along with this plan. But when she finally like, you know, half-heartedly agrees to the plan, she goes through with it wholeheartedly. Like she throws herself into the role. She's not fucking around. Yeah. Well, and that's how it's been for her the whole book. Like, oh, yeah, she totally. Very much was telling cards. She's like, what do you mean I can't eat the chili fries? Yeah. <laughs> Matthew Bowers, you have a, you have exceeded your allotment of one F-bomb per show. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've been good for these past few episodes. I know. <laughs> um, um, this, is, this is not related to the plot or anything. I just think the annotation is funny. Um, one of the unexpected complications was with the air manuscript was that the copy editor evidently had never dealt with star Wars before. When I got the manuscript, I discovered that this kind and thoughtful person had painstakingly changed all these stormtroopers to the more correct, at least for earth usage, stormtroopers being two words. I just as painstakingly changed all of them back again. (laughs) Oh, that's great. What an editor who doesn't know anything about star Wars on star Wars. That's genius. (laughs) Well, Well, who knew anything about writing Star Wars? <laughs> they have specialized. It was the first one. They have specialized editors for this now. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, because you have to know all of those Star Wars words. Hi, Tom and Arish. Love you guys. <laughs> yes, and Elizabeth, um, over at Del Rey. Love you. And Jen Heddle. Yep. 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 <laughs> So Ray is super awesome. We'll see all of their names. So yeah, um, <laughs> I'd like to thank my mom and my dad. <laughs> so we are at an end, and it's a cliffhanger again um, because that's what Tim Zahn does well. Um, we've got finally we're coming up on the end of the book. Um, 
yeah, next week is our last our last actual chapter discussion for the book, and then we'll do a roundup of the book as a whole. But um, yeah, I have my my favorite chapter, so I'm happy this week, <laughs> Brian. Me too, Brian. I'm happy that you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> see brian is is learning from the luke skywalker uh school of dating and marriage <laughs> yes honey <laughs> happy wife happy i'm just life. glad you didn't try to murder me first <laughs> well i mean i wanted to when you were being oblivious <laughs> so we were almost Did you see there. the poll online today that Star Wars Twitter put up? What would you use the force for? Yes. <laughs> Did you see my answer? Yes. I remember that scene. <laughs> um, so yeah, no no final thoughts, Brian. I got wedge in these set of sets of chapters. I'm happy, and I know we've got more wedge coming, which makes me even happier. Yes, we do, because there's a battle sequence in which Timothy Zahn needs pilots. <laughs> so yes, um, Amanda. Leia is everything. Leia is a boss. Leia is awesome. Leia is amazing. What would Leia- I love that Luke and Mara are working together and yet insulting each other with their glances to the extent <laughs> that, again, spoiler alert, Han Solo notices. Um, <laughs> he exactly sees what's going on. Um, and I love that that when Timothy Zahn needed pilots, he reached into the depths of Star Wars and grabbed the ones we love so that we're going to get to spend some more time with them in the next four chapters. That'll be fun, too. Yep. Matthew. Um, yeah, no, nothing particular. Good stuff. Uh, it's nice to see Luke and Mara teaming up finally because, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I enjoy that they they do work really well together. Um, it's nice to see Han and Luke back together. It's nice to see Thrawn being crafty. Uh, it's all good stuff. Uh, and Tyler. Uh, <laughs> you know how you had words in your head? No, and then <laughs> never. Oh, also Leia's a badass. Yeah. Yes. yes that, that's what I'll end on. Leia's a badass. And, um, <laughs> uh, it's nice to see Mar- Mara, Mara, and uh, Luke's relationship evolve? Question mark. <laughs> I mean, she's at least told him why she wants to kill him. That, yes. That's progress. Yeah, that, that, that counts as evolution. <laughs> she's opening a relationship, <laughs> right? It's the they mutual bonded. understanding. They the bonded. first mutual the- understanding and like mutual weird apprehension. The yeah. building block for any relationship is trust. <laughs> Honesty, honesty. Yes, I mean she and was Luke definitely would honest. Not know how to tell a lie if his life depended on it? <laughs> no, I mean she definitely was honest. Like she hasn't. Been, she's been anything but honest. Like she—that's all she's been—is like I want to yeah. kill you. Hey, <laughs> I want to kill you so bad. <laughs> I want. I I still want to kill you. And now, still want to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't now, care that you just dead. saved my life. I still want to kill you. And now I'm going to tell you why. Thanks for saving my life. Now you get a why. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, um I these were great chapters and I am really excited to read the end of the book and to move on to Dark Force Rising because I that's a book I haven't read in a lot longer. So 
I started reading ahead, and my favorite ah! paragraph in this whole trilogy is near the beginning of Dark Force Rising, so I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> Does it involve Leia? Perhaps. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> it's like you've met me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the Throncast is a Tashi Station podcast, and this episode has been brought to you in part by her universe and you, our Patreon subscribers. Hey, thanks, Patreon subscribers. We are now covering uh, all of our web hosting and podcast hosting. Yay! Costs, thanks to you. Amazing! Woo-hoo! Thanks. Woo! We have the best audience. We do. Um, you can find us all on Twitter with the handles Tashi underscore station, Nancy Pants, that's Nancy with an I, Lane Winry, that's L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E, M.R. Bowers, Manda the Ginger, and Cyberpunk Warlock, that's Warlock with a K. You can find our columns and news at Tashi-station.net. Tune in next week for our discussion of chapters 29 through 32. When our heroes try to escape Hilliard City and the attack on the Sluice Van shipyards is finally afoot. Bye. 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 Bye.